You're listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast. The podcast that seeks to understand more than just the game itself. And now, your host, Brayden Flack. All right, well, I'm here with uh, Tina Trujillo and Mel Carlson of uh, the YAFL, the excuse me, here in Rock Springs, Wyoming. And, um, you know, I thought I'd invite you guys in and uh, uh, we could talk a little bit about uh, the league and, and you guys' involvement. And, uh, you know, maybe we can just uh, start with that. Let's let's start with some introductions. Um, you know, where do you come from? How'd you get involved in, in the YAFL? Uh, and maybe why do you continue to, to do it? Um, I guess I'll start off. The, uh, my name is Tino Trujillo, uh, senior. Um, I am the the current league president of Rock Springs Young American Football League, and it's been around for a long time. Um, you're saying next to me is uh, Mel Carlson. He was uh, president before me. He actually is the one that kind of mentored me into this and, and helped get me going. But he's been in this league a lot longer than I have. But uh, Mel here, he probably can tell you a lot more about how it started, how he got started, and kind of a little more of the history side of that. Well, actually, uh, the way I got started in the league is uh, I lived in Wardell Court, and uh, they were practicing football in Wardell Court when I moved there in 1977. So I... I was really interested in it. I always wanted to want to get involved with the league, and I, uh, where I was working, the president of the league uh, found out about it, and Ron Rayburn, and he asked me if I wanted to take a team, and that's that's how I got started, and that was in 1988, and uh, uh, after two or three years, uh, I became president of the league, and I was out for a little while, and then. Uh, Another gentleman, gentleman uh, took the league over for a while, and then I got back in as president, and uh, another gentleman took it, and uh, I got back into it again. <laughs> and I stayed there until Tino took it over, what, uh, about seven years ago, was uh, it, Tino? Yeah, it was about seven years <clears throat> ago. But anyway, the, the, the program, is it's been a really good program, and we've strived – really hard to um, uh, make sure that it, it is a good program and that uh, any and everyone that was eligible to play uh, could play. We didn't, we didn't try to cull anybody out of the league. And uh, you know, it's, been good for, it's been good for the kids. It's been a good league. It's been run fair. We've improved it over the years, over and over and over. And then when Tino took it, he's even improved it a lot, a lot more. It's it's a really good program. I'm glad to be involved with it. There's been parents that's come from from other towns that pay tremendous more money for their kids to play in this league than what they have to here. Uh, they 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 say that this is the best place they've been with their kids to, to play football. Oh, I hope so. And you know that's what we've been striving for. Mm-hmm. So 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 the real question I have for you, Mel, is uh, do you plan on Taking back the presidency eventually, you know, you've been flip flopping. <laughs> no, I, I won't do it again. Now you want I'm, to leave I'm 76 Tino. years old. I've had enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, if Tino stays, I'll stay and help him. But 
uh, no, I'm not. I'm not interested in it at all. <laughs> there you go. It's it's not an easy job. So what know? what does it entail? What what uh what's it like? You know, being president of probably any child function in the town of Rock Springs, Wyoming, can be very challenging because you've got a lot of hard nosed parents that work in mines, oil field, what have you. Some of the tougher jobs, good, 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 good vocational jobs, you know, and, but you, Rock Springs has been known as a hard town. It's got a history. Um, you've got parents that don't, don't put up with a lot of stuff, you know, and they want to make sure things are ran right. Um, but, uh, trying to make everybody happy in this town, it's, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but the thing you have going for you is football and kids. And you put those two things together and everybody just kind of loves it. <laughs> Definitely. I, re- I remember when I played, uh, you know, back in the day in, in the YAFL and, you know, it was, it was such a blast. And, um, you know, recently, well, actually this year is the, the 50th anniversary uh, for yep. the YAFL. Um, and, and I guess, uh, you know, wh- what can you say about the, the YAFL? What what impact have you seen it had on, uh, you know, yourself and, and maybe uh, other kids as well? I'll just start with the community, you know, um the impact it's had on the community is nothing but positive. You've got uh, male and female kids from the age of uh, 9 to 12 that get to try out a sport. You know, they, they see these guys play on TV. They watch college football. Their favorite players, they wear their favorite jerseys. You know, when those kids play on Saturday or Tuesday night or whatever it is for their Yaffle team, they think they're those guys on TV. Mm-hmm. And they get to have fun and they get to, you know, explore a world that they couldn't do in the third grade or the second grade or the first grade. They they actually get to have contact and, and, and you know, it's a place where maybe a bigger kid doesn't get in trouble for pushing around somebody or, you know, <laughs> right. they get to have fun with it. They're padded up and um, sometimes out there they just look like bowling pins falling around everywhere, but... You know, we got some great coaches in this league. Uh, one of the things, you know, as far as impact on the community, I'd say 90% of our coaches don't even have a kid playing on the team they're coaching. Oh, wow. Which is huge. Yeah. You know, you go to other towns and you get you get a dad coach for maybe, and I'm talking about head coaches, you get a, you get a head coach for maybe two years and then they leave you high and dry. Right. Well, in this league, you know, you've got a lot of head coaches that don't even have a kid playing. So that's guys that have jobs that are working, whether in this cold or out in the sun or driving on these bad roads, and they come and then they they coach somebody else's kid. I mean, that's that's the love for this community and the passion for this town and the love of this sport, you know, and, and believing in this program. And that's that's the impact it has on this community, you know, and the kids are they're a lot smarter than you think they are at that age. They, they can see the way things are ran and they enjoy it and all that. We, we try to get the best jerseys that money can buy. We try to get the best equipment money can buy. That stuff's not cheap. Mm-hmm. So you get a situation where you really have to manage your money to make things safe and uh, make things enjoyable, you know, as far as, you know, the league just has to look good, you know. They can't; these kids can't go out playing in crummy jerseys or, or reversible jerseys where they all wear the same color, you know. But they they have to have their own team, their own team color, their own decals. I mean, this 
this thing gets pretty this is a pretty fancy league compared to other you know i i I have the opportunity to talk to coaches from casper denver grand junction you know and now teams that played in all-stars i've talked to teams from uh, montana you know Mm -hmm. but all around the country i even had uh coaches from uh you know uh east new jersey getting hold of me about four or five years ago. Oh, wow. Um, looking for, see if we had older equipment that we can donate to them. And we sent them a big old care package of older equipment that some of the inner city kids could use. Um, but I've got to talk to other programs. And, I mean, we've, we've had a lot of coaches and presidents of other leagues just ask for our bylaws, what we do different. I mean, the word of mouth on this league is really starting to spread a little bit over the years, and that's with – Guys like Mel being in there for such a long time and some of the coaches we've had and, you know, even now the team mothers on teams are just so – have such a huge impact on a team, you know. It's well, just great. Uh, uh, another thing that Tino mentioned is, is how how hard it is to run this league. We have to raise our own money. I mean, we, the, we're not part of the city, mm-hmm. although the city does – Furnish us some some practice fields, and the and the schools furnish us some pra- practice fields. But we have to earn our own money. We don't belong to any national football association uh, like Pop Warner or anything, or any state association. We <clears throat> we govern ourselves. We have a board. We govern ourselves. We raise our own money. We buy our own equipment. Uh, one thing he didn't mention, the, the the helmets that we use are the best you could get, and we keep them updated, and they are, they are expensive. Mm-hmm. But we spend a lot of money. We spend a lot of money in this league, and we raise a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of that's up to the president of the league. And I know my, my wife and myself when I was president, it was hard, hard to raise that money. And I know what Tino's going through now, and it's – it even takes a lot more money now than it did when I was president of the league. So I hope he stays. I hope he, he's, he's uh, really picked up and he's done a really good job. And uh, I just I hope he hangs around. If he does, I'll stay and help him. Yeah, no, that's great. And um, just to kind of piggyback off of uh, some of the other stuff that, that you were saying, Tino, and I'm, I'm curious, uh, Mel, um, you know, you've been involved in, in the league for, for quite some time, probably more than anyone else. And, so I'm curious over, you know, obviously with the 50th anniversary here, what are some of the changes that, that you've seen over the course of time um, take place in this league? Uh, just kind of putting you on the spot here if, if you've got anything. No, it's okay. Uh, you know, uh, uh, we've changed a lot of the rules in this league. We've we've made it fair mm-hmm. <laughs> to where before it, uh, the, the rules just weren't there. I'm not saying anybody particularly was cheating. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> but uh, – uh, we changed a lot of rules. We made it fair. Uh, we made our draft fair to where somebody couldn't just go out and pick up the kids or say, "Oh, I got these kids in the neighborhood. I'll, I'll pick them. I'll take them mm-hmm. later. You know, don't worry about it." You, we have rules that you, that the the president of the league and I initiated some of these rules. The president of the league can't cheat. Uh-huh. If he had his own team, he can't stack his team. You know, the, uh, that's one of the main things that, that we've changed over the years. And uh, our equipment's always been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, over the years, it's got better and better and better. I mean, we uh, we spend the money, whatever it takes. And, w- and we raise the money, whatever we have to do to raise the money, short of robbing a bank, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, 
But uh, so, uh, I, I, sorry to cut you off. I'm ahead. just uh, curious as well. You know, it does sound like it's quite stressful, uh, or can be very stressful, um, trying to run this league and um, you know support these kids. But uh, what is it that really keeps you guys involved? I mean, it's not like you're really coming away with a paycheck or anything like that. What what no, is it at no, the end of the day? No, we're not. We're not getting a paycheck. I'll, I'll tell you what keeps me in what got me in it and what keeps me in it is the love of football. Uh-huh. I've never had a kid in this league. Uh, the love of football. I love football. I love I loved to play it when I played it. I, I love to coach it, and I love to watch it on TV. Mm-hmm. And I, that's, that's what keeps me in. I don't know. And I love the kids. I'll tell you, it's, it's, it's a good feeling to have a bunch of young kids that doesn't know the first thing about football. And in a year or two, those kids are champions. Yeah. You know, the, uh, and we have some terrific kids. We do. And if, if, if we have a problem, Tino and I, We've never really had a big, serious kid problem or parent problem because right up front we let them know how it is, and if they, you know, they they're going to toe the line. Mm-hmm. You know. Transparency is key. You know, I guess the thing that got me into this and keeps me it, it drives me. This drives me big time, and it's going to be kind of a a big thing. You know, I'm about to tell you, but you know the impact and the power you have in the palm of your hand when you were actually coaching somebody's kid and being a part of their life, you know, you number one, I love football, just like Mel does. I played it. I love being a part of it. You know, I got to play in a, I was lucky enough to play in a high school team that played for the state championship. We didn't win. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can tell you what, I remember more about my little league coach than I remember my high school coach. And that is the power of impact on the age that, that we're coaching. Definitely. And it's just, it's powerful. You know, middle school is kind of a blur. You know, you get into high school and it's all about competition and the heat and playing hard and, 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 and trying to get up on that depth chart. But when you play at a young age and coach at that young age, you have, you have, a lot of power in the palm of your hand, whether you have a positive or a negative impact on these kids. And, you know, and don't kid yourself. We have had to remove coaches out of this league before because of negative reinforcement against kids. And, but, you know, that's where we try to keep this, you know, Mel brought up rules, rules. I mean, I can't imagine when he first got into this league because it just seems this way now to me. You know, back then it had to have been like the Wild West. <laughs> these key, these coaches are just going to do whatever they want. I mean, whatever they want and try to get away with this. It's still that way today. Mm-hmm. These, these coaches are competitive. They want to win, and that's what we want. We want them to try to win. You know, it's not – this league isn't about winning. Let me stress that. This league is about preparing these kids for the next level, which is junior high. And then hopefully getting them to love the sport. Uh-huh. And then on top of everything is that they learn the rules and learn how to be a better citizen and in the community and to love their community. That's a, that's the biggest part. Of, that's what this program's about. It even says in our corporate papers, that's what this league is, is all about. It doesn't say anything about winning. Okay, that's where the next step is. What we're going to about to talk to is the all stars and the elite and all that. That's that's a whole different program. But um, you know. The rules, they, they, they change every year for the better. 
little here and there. You know, we got to add teams, take away teams. We got to uh, adjust to population, and you got layoffs at work. The oil field slows down; it rises up. It, it impacts our money flow, and it, it impacts our, our our population of kids. Every year, it's different, and it's kind of a guessing game. You know, I can make or break this league by either ordering the right amount of jerseys or because the jerseys we buy are cheap. They're, they're nice high grade jerseys. We want them to last forever. Mm-hmm. I still have my Jersey from when I played, I played on the Cowboys. I still have my Jersey. It's folded up in storage, but I still have, it, you know, <laughs> and I'm hoping these kids, you know, get to keep their Jersey forever, you know? But uh, yeah, that's what keeps me, keeps me, keeps driving me. Is, is that right there. Well, you know, that's uh, I think that's fantastic for uh, you know both of you and, and those listening. I think it just shows the power of uh, what our passions can do, not only for us but but also for those around us. Um, you know, doing it for these kids and allowing our love uh, for such a thing as football to to lead to great memories and opportunities for these these young athletes. Um, and I, I think that kind of translates into uh, what we're really here to discuss, and that's the the uh, all star team. Um, that came away as national champions. And I guess I just want to turn it over to, to you guys to maybe talk more about um, what uh, what exactly that was for those who don't know, and uh, we can kind of just start there. Well, you know, Mel's always, Mel's always toyed with the idea of, you know, playing other towns. He always got a lot of pressure. Let's play Vernal. We need to do this. We need to do something with our Super Bowl team. He's, he's told me about it. But um, I had a vision – of taking the elite kids in this town and going further. You know, my thought was these kids, we pick a team, one from each team at least that's in Rock Springs Young American Football League, you know, RSYFL, and we take one kid from each team. Some teams are going to have a lot more kids, but at least we take one from each team, and we the tryout would actually be the whole season. You know, there's no tryouts. Um, that, that requires me to watch every single game, and that's what I do. I watch every game. And I write notes, and I grade kids, and I see how they do against adversity when their head's down. You know, they're playing the best team in the league. They're the worst team in the league. How do they hold themselves up? You know, some kids are real easy to pick. You got your first 15 kids. They're going to make that team, and no one would argue with you. Well, then you got the other 10. The other 10 basically just comes down to what do I need? Do I need a lineman? I already got a bunch of little running backs. Do I need more linemen? I need more size. Mm-hmm. Or do I need more receivers? Or do I need more kids that weigh 110 pounds or this or that? You know, and that's where it comes down to in picking this team. But um, I had a vision to, to just compete outside of this league. And it's just basically this was right after my son, you know, Tino Jr., he played in this league. And I thought to myself, you know, if – his, his buddies, if we had a team that could have played outside of this town and played some other elite teams or all-star teams, that would be pretty cool to, to stretch our arm out like that, you know. And we got the money, we can do it. We got the equipment, and we got the coaches that want to help. And, uh, you know, I believed I had the offense and defense to, to put it together and compete at that level. And, and um, that was seven years ago. Um, our first tournament – we only played two games, and that's it. I think we played Rollins and Laramie in Laramie, and uh, we didn't even get to play at War Memorial. We just played on a field there. Okay. 
Well, in the next year after that, which is six years ago, they started letting us play a little memorial as long as the Pokes weren't uh, at home that weekend. Uh-huh. So kind of had to dodge around their schedule. But um, um, it's gotten more and more popular. You get more teams wanting to go. There's actually a waiting list to go to that tournament. That tournament's called the Snowy Range Showdown, I believe. SRS, we call it. And is that teams just in Wyoming or? No, it's uh, you've got kid, teams from South Dakota, uh, Montana State actually brings a team. And they're about a 500-mile radius uh, all-star team. So you got Billings and all the towns around there. So it'd be like if Rock Springs had a team and grabbed players from Riverton, Lander, Green River, Rollins. You know, we actually had a heck of a game with them this year and ended up coming short. You know, but um, it was a it was a it was a good team. You know, they had some older kids on that team, and they still would they. It's 14 to 6 now. Yeah. Something like that. One touchdown. Um, we had two touchdowns get called back in that game, which really made me want to throw my hat <laughs> in the game. But uh, it was very competitive. You know, it was a good game. Um, you know, it, it's – it's. But, but that we were outclassed. I mean, they, they were taking – they took kids from all over uh-huh. that area where we, where we took kids from Rock Springs, Wyoming. Okay. And we competed with them well. Uh, we we played two two teams there. The other team we did beat yeah. was Gillette. The always Gillette. tough Gillette. Yeah, it's always a fun one. Yeah, <laughs> it's always fun to beat them, and it's always fun to compete against them. Um, they they beat me one time in seven years. Another seven years we've we've gotten them. All the other times we've played against them. Um, but, uh, you know, Rock Springs always has a very tough defense. You know, the way we run our defense, we teach our kids to hit hard. I think I've said this a lot of times. Mel's heard me say it, and a lot of the parents that are listening, they heard me say it. We, Rock Springs has some of the toughest kids in the Rocky Mountains, if not in the country. It's just something about 9- to 12-year-olds in Rock Springs. They just can't grow many tougher. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and by tough, I mean – the elements, the, the, the drive. They can take the hard coaching. I mean, we get on these kids and we give them some pretty hard elite coaching as well. You know, we got to have our game. We got to be on top of our game as well as them. Like we're not doing our job. You right. know, we're held accountable. Just we got parents expecting something. You know, this all star team is more about trying to get it done and, and getting these kids ready for the next level and to compete at a high level. Mm-hmm. And that's. We got a lot on our shoulders. There's been a lot of times where I haven't even slept at night. You know, like going to playing in Laramie and, and playing in Vegas, and you know, there's a lot of sleepless nights and getting up at three in the morning and oh, this play's going to work or this is going to work. Oh, we need to try this blitz package or this. You know, this is what we're going to do if we face this uh, lineup or formation. But um, yeah, interesting. Well, we uh, we we played uh, before we went to Laramie. We played three other teams. Also, and won all three of those games. That was before we went to the, that Laramie tournament. Yeah. Okay. So, how did you end up in Vegas then? So we end up in Vegas. You know, that's something where they kind of look at your team, and they kind of you kind of either get the nod to be able to go or not. They ask your record. Okay. They ask. You know, they want birth certificates. They, it's almost like buying a house. You got to give them so much information <laughs> to go to that tournament, and they say yay or nay, and they don't want any. They 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 want the better teams there. Okay. They, they if if you're a loser, they don't want you 
they, they really don't want you to come there and, and lay an egg, you know. So it's basically an invitation then, right? It's not. It, it's probably half and half the invitation and okay. half trying to put in an application, you know, okay. for a job. But, you know, they're going to line you up with teams that are in your division. You know, in other words, you know, the big thing about playing football at this age is it's not like high school football or college football. You know, college football, you can have a 300-pound running back. Mm-hmm. You know, in the pros and in high school, you can have a 250-pound running back. And kids this age, you know, there's a safety issue. Sure. I think we qualified for 141 pounds for running yeah. back. And um, so each team that we competed against and that was in our bracket, we were in a division where the running backs couldn't weigh over 141 pounds. Okay. Now, there are open divisions. You know, you had uh, – some you know some some teams from Utah you know that had open weight limit two hundred two hundred pound twelve year olds wow. across the board. I mean, you get some inner city teams with running backs that weigh one eighty. Well, we we just can't compete at this age yeah. with that size. You know, there's a safety factor and things like that. So they put you in. They got us in with a division where roughly I mean couple of things here and there but the birth dates and the size all match up pretty good we got a pretty good bracket it was very competitive okay um, and now are these teams from all over the country then yes okay. these teams are all over the western united states um they it's i mean the, the teams that were on our bracket were west denver the west denver junior cowboys okay which i heard had an amazing program with a good team um, we did not get to play them. They played the team that we played in the finals, um, which was the uh, it was North Northern Los Angeles, the Tartans. Um, you look them up; they've got an amazing program, also from top to bottom, it goes all, all the way up into their high school team. Um, that's how how big they are. But uh, that was our that was a championship game. The, before that, though, we played a team from Arizona, Sierra Vista, Arizona, the Spartans. Um, they they were very tough. Uh, they had a good 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 program, good team, another top to bottom team. But what I mean by that is they'll have a nine year old team, a ten year old team, a twelve year old team, and they'll go all the way up into the high school wow. level. Um, and it's all one program to where. So you know, those kids that played down lower are still together as they mm-hmm. as they come up yeah. the ladder. Right. Okay. And you know. We never did get to play West Denver, but the, the, the California team beat them 40 to 12. And, that, you know, this is actually the first tournament that that Los Angeles team has ever been scored on. And it had been scored wow. on all year. Denver scored on them, and, but then we beat them. You know, so it, was, it was quite the feat for, you know, a small town in, in the Rockies. You know, yeah. we, how many people we got in this town? 30,000, maybe 40 with change. And we put a team together and went and battled against some high-talented teams mm-hmm. and, and coaches that maybe even may know a little more about football than me. But, you know, we knew our kids. and We knew what they were capable of. And it just it just happened. You know, these kids weren't going to get beat. They just were not going to get beat that day. That's, uh, that, that's pretty incredible, actually. And um, I guess what was, what was that experience like, uh, just being there, winning that, um, you know, the tournament, what what did it feel like for you guys? Well, I don't know about Mel, but I didn't eat that whole morning, uh, the championship game. <laughs> I mean, you're in Vegas, and 
I didn't um, either. No, uh, no casino buffets. <laughs> no, no. Maybe the night before, but um, those nerves start setting in, and you, you think, well, we put so much time into this. You know, me and Mel, we coached in. It was one night. It was twenty-three degrees at Tiger Stadium. You know, God bless them for letting us use the Tiger Stadium. You know, and uh, it was a chill factor was down close to zero. We had some kids close to getting frostbite on their fingers. We had to call practice a couple of times because it was just getting so brutal. Well, yeah. these are all the things that built character in order to do what we had to do, you know. But those kids, they 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 come to practice. I mean, I mean, they, of course you get kids at may say they may have a basketball practice or they may they may be sick or, or something, but <clears throat> the the majority of the kids are there every practice no matter what the weather is. They come to play. They want to win. I mean, they want to compete. And they know they're not going to compete if they're not there, sure. if they're not at practice. And it is amazing. It's amazing what the kids in this town went through to to win that championship. I mean, it's re- it's really emotional. It really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's emotional just to just to coach them and see what they can do. But when you win uh, a championship like we did, I mean, it's it, it's so emotional you can't hardly believe it. Yeah. Yeah, just so many coaches and, and parents and, and people put so much into this team. And we didn't know what we were going to accomplish, but we knew how good this team was and we knew how good a, the batch of kids we had were. You know, I just want to give a quick shout-out to all my uh, parents and give them some acknowledgement. You know, they did great. They got their kids to practice in the elements that, you know, there's a little bit of complaining, a little bit of negativity, but the positivity outweighed it all. That's how this came together. You know, I just like to thank my coaches. You know, we've got Gunnar Hamblin. He was a big help. You know, Tino Trujillo Jr., my son, big help, going to college, took the time to help these kids. Um, we've got uh, Garth Hamblin, our line coach. Uh, I couldn't do I can't. I just can't do it without him. He's He's, he's our line. He's a, he's a very knowledgeable line coach. He did great. He ended up not being able to go to Vegas, and that's where Bobby Henderson stepped in. He's a he's a coach of the RSYFL. He stepped in and helped. You know, his grandson was playing. And then uh, my two team mothers were amazing. we got Gina Elkins. Um, her son played. And then uh, we've got my girlfriend, Maria Martinez, who was just – I mean, she was spot on. It was just amazing. But I wanted to get that in there and not forget those those people. I'm no, not forgetting anything, am I? No, I think you, I think any you other covered. coaches helped us. Uh, not really. That was it. But um, yeah, that was the core of our coaching all the way up to Vegas. You know, um, they even all helped before we left to Vegas. Like I said, not all of them got to make the trip. But um, you, was, you mentioned about them getting the kids to practice, but uh, that those fields in. Um, uh, that we played on in Las Vegas wasn't close. We played on two different fields, and neither one of them was close to, to the hotels where we were staying. But the the parents also amazingly got those kids uh, to the game field in time for our warm-ups and stuff. So. Well, you're talking about parents in their, you know, mid-30s to, to mid-40s, and they're in Vegas you know, and <laughs> I mean, I don't have to go into details, but they got their kids to every practice or every game, every chalk talk that, that we had to have to get it done. You know, I talked to a lot of other coaches that were competing there and 
That was the biggest thing is getting parents to sober up and actually get them to what they – it is in Vegas. That's the that's the hard part about this. Mm-hmm. But uh, that's just another thing that makes the character of your team come out. Sure. Your parents come forward and they how bad they want to do this and, and, and they're dedicated and, and, and me yelling at them all the time. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, our communication was amazing. You know, that's where team mothers come in. But um, – it was just a it was just a well oiled machine, and but it has to be. If it's not, you can have something. Somebody not show up, or somebody miss out on something. But um, it it ended up working out really well. That's that's amazing. And uh, maybe maybe my last question for you guys um, about this. And again, this one's kind of on the spot. But uh, do you feel like you you've learned anything from uh, this experience? Well. What do you think, Mel? <laughs> That's pretty pretty yeah. hard to teach Mel yeah. anything. <laughs> no, I've you know I've been I've been here a long time. I've been here a long time, but you know, every year you see something different. You learn something every year. Uh, I, I I'd be a fool to say that I know it all, uh, and that I wasn't still getting an education. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Uh, but yeah, we've we've learned a lot and. Tino can tell you uh, when I when I come into this league, I I thought, hmm, I, I know a lot about football. I, I I can handle this. Well, first year we scored one touchdown. I mean, <laughs> playing football is one thing, and knowing football is one thing, but coaching fourth, fifth, and sixth graders. That's let me old. tell you, yep. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the by the third year we won seven games. You know, fourth year we won the Super Bowl, but it, yeah, you learn a lot about these kids. You learn a lot about them when you're when you when you're coaching them that that you wouldn't know. And I, Tino will tell you the same thing. When he come into the league, he had some ideas too. You know that uh, didn't exactly agree with me. We never got any serious arguments about it, but it took him a little while to realize too. You know the the thing about coaching football at this age is. The, the thing that you have to figure out right away, look, there's guys, there's armchair quarterbacks, there's guys that play college level in this town, there's dads that really know football. Mm-hmm. If you sat down, had a drink with them at, a, at Old Chicago or somewhere and talked football with them, they can tell you what's going on and this and that. But when it comes to this age, you figure out the, the most important thing to figure out is what these kids can and can't do. The same plays don't work in high school or in college or, you know, these kids are limited to what they can do. And there's some things they can do that the pros can't do, certain plays, certain situations. Um, you know, I call it – we call an audible defense. You know, I'm loud enough that the kids can hear me call the defense once we see the offense line up, and it's been successful. That's a big part of our success is being able to – call our defenses that offense lines up and uh-huh. it's just you know but that's that's the learning part you know one thing i did learn is uh when you win a national championship <laughs> coaches turn into big babies <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling you i never felt anything like that you know me and mel can always tell when it's in the bag you know it's third or in the third quarter or fourth quarter and we got about a 12 or 20 point lead you know it's in the bag you yeah. do a couple of things and play some of your kids that don't don't get up you start getting them in and you can play a safe uh, uh, game of football and just take the lead well 
this was one of those games you didn't know you had the lead or the win until that last buzzer went off. And yeah. that's exactly what happened. That, that that team was so good that they could have broke open a big run or pass at any time at the end of that game. And when that buzzer went off on that fourth quarter, we just couldn't believe it. We pulled <laughs> – me, me and Mel looked at each other, you know, Two grown men, and we're balling like babies. I had sunglasses on. I think Mel wishes no, he would. I, quit. <laughs> I guess I don't have to wear them anymore. I got my eyes yeah. fixed. I wish yeah. I'd have had them on. And, and we're just balling. Like, I, we we ain't even went and shook the other team's hand yet or done our chair or nothing. I can't believe we did this. We just did this, you know. And then we're balling like babies, and we we, we better get our composure together. We got to go shake that other team's hand, you know. And uh, even the kids are looking at us, and I – that's the thing is that was a different caliber of winning but i'm going to tell you we had kids to step up we had kids to get hurt we had kids to step up we had no quit on that team i mean that's that's how that game was played i mean if we'd have let up any at all we'd have lost it but uh, we got we got kids not not crippled or injured really bad or nothing but but hurt enough to had to come out of the game and stuff and and we Next guy up, boy! I'm telling you, they were ready. That's and, great. Uh, really impressed with the what they just just kept going, kept going, kept going. Our star quarterback got hurt after the first quarter, and uh, one of our star quarterbacks. You know, I always carry two quarterbacks, and one's getting the play while the other one's coming off the field. I always run two quarterbacks, always, and I get a lot of flack for that. But you know what? That's that's the that I can squeeze the most out of them by doing that. You know, and one. One of our quarterbacks, our, our senior quarterback, got hurt. Our oldest boy, and he, uh, it, it, it didn't impact this team because they stood up. You had other, t- like Mel saying, we had other players that rose up. We, we, our, yeah. we had a, we had an, another kid that hadn't really got a lot of reps uh, for the for that for those games, and uh, you know, so he. Wasn't a hundred percent ready, mm-hmm. but boy, he never missed a beat. We put him yeah. put him in there in the, in the place where we still had two quarterbacks. Never missed a beat. Those two those those two quarterbacks stepped up and took the. Definitely had to make some adjustments to get this win in the second half. Our offensive line was they, they were just so heroic the way they played. I mean, these kids. We we asked a lot from them and they they did it and we had a couple of running backs you know that, uh, I, I want to give names and all that but you know at the age I just don't think I should give the names of uh, of each player you know this is a team um, it, they just rose to the occasion you know and everybody stepped up and you know and our main cheer all the time it's been this for seven years is one team one fight you know in big capital letters one team one fight. Every time I put something in our group for on Facebook to the team, at the end I say one team, one fight. Yeah, explanation point, explanation point. You know, and, and what that means is, you know, you got all these Yaffle teams and we come together into one fight. You know, and that's what what's what bonds these players and, and that just lets them know that when they go into seventh grade next year, they're gonna be in the same locker room from here on out. Mm-hmm. We create that at an earlier time in in, in the sixth grade and that's going to be the same kids are going to be in the locker room their senior year in high school. And that's powerful. That is. They get to know each other. They get to love each other. They get to win and lose together. Everything, you know. Um, but 
I changed the cheer. You know, I just had this idea. Let's we're going to change this cheer for the for the uh, the last game, the championship game, and that was one more time. You know, we said one more time, and that's what they did. Mm-hmm. They brought it one more time, and they brought it home. That's cool. Uh, again, congratulations to you guys and um, for, for that accomplishment and to those kids as well. Um, I think that's uh, that's just incredible. So good to good to see that. Uh, I think oftentimes we overlook youth sports. Um, they're easy to forget. Uh, they're easy to be in the rearview mirror. Um, but how important they are, um, especially when it comes to learning fundamentals and uh, like you guys said earlier, ingraining that love for the sport. Um, and so. Uh, again, just congratulations on uh, on that achievement. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Sweetwater Now's Beyond the Game podcast. Episodes will be published periodically, so make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the latest content. If you have an idea or suggestion for the podcast, feel free to contact us via Facebook, Instagram, or email.